been struggling to manage my emotions and I was using things like alcohol and food to cope with my emotions and cope with all of the mean things that I was telling myself in my head. Um, I look back on it and I feel very sad almost. And I looked in the mirror and I asked myself, like, what are you doing to yourself? But instead of being asking that in a mean way, I really just created the community that I wanted that didn't exist yet, that our brain has a bias towards negative thinking. We will always try to figure out what's going to go wrong. It's a protection mechanism. Our brain is always looking out for threats. So your brain is always going to offer you all the reasons why it's going to be very scary to quit drinking. The next episode of One Woman Show is here again, and I'm thrilled that Melissa accepted my invitation to this show. Melissa is a sobriety coach, consumer psychologist and researcher, and a founder of Sober Girls Island. And that's exactly the place where we met. And uh, we will be talking about that as well. And today we will be especially talking about how quitting alcohol can improve your self-love and relationship with yourself. If this is something what you are interested in, then definitely stay watching. And I'm really very happy, Melissa, that you are here. Thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me. I'm happy to be here. How are you doing today? Well, as we were discussing, I have a little bit of a head cold, but I have my tea here and a candle lit and we have autumn vibes. So we're all good. Thank you for having me. That's really good. So I'm really very glad that even though you are, uh, you know, don't feel 100% that you are still here. I really, really appreciate that. I mentioned uh, Sob Girls Island. That's where we met. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Why did you decide to set it up? Yeah, definitely. So I guess I can't really explain that without talking a little bit about my own sobriety journey. So I am 29 years old now. I'm almost 30, but I quit drinking three years ago in May of 2020 when I was 26 years old. Um, I had been, you know, trying to take a 30-day break from alcohol. Actually, I wasn't trying to quit drinking right off the bat forever. And I think that's important to say to anyone who's watching this, like you don't have to fully cut alcohol out of your life completely and go sober in order to experience a lot of the mental health benefits from reducing the amount that you're drinking. And I like to lead with that because it can feel very overwhelming to say, I'm never going to drink again. But I had noticed in my mid-20s how I was relying on alcohol to feel comfortable around speaking with other people. I was using it to relax and unwind at the end of the week, escape from work stress, different things like that. And I noticed I had developed kind of an unhealthy coping mechanism. I was using alcohol to cope with difficult emotions, things like that. And um, so I've been trying to take a 30-day break from drinking for probably three years, probably from 2017 until 2020, just constantly trying and failing and getting to two weeks and then going out to a dinner or, you know, just grab saying screw it and getting a bottle of wine and just watching Netflix at home on a Friday night. And um, so anyway, the pandemic rolled around and I thought, right, it's now or never. (laughs) We're stuck in here. I'm not going to get invited to any parties. You know, I'm not going anywhere. So it's a good time for me to finally take this break. And um, I said that every Saturday morning for six weeks in a row during the first six weeks of the pandemic. So I was like, what the heck is going on here? Like, why is it so difficult for me to take this break? And I really decided, and I love the theme of your show here, which is self-love. And I think that I decided the reason I finally was able to stop was I decided to 
reduce the amount I was drinking, stop drinking out of self-love rather than a punishment or seeing it as something that I was being forced to do because I couldn't control my drinking. And so anyway, I was, um, when I quit drinking, I was living up in Belfast doing my PhD and I started posting about my journey online on my Instagram. After I hit 30 days sober, I realized how much better I felt and I wanted to scream it to the world. And I had been following all of these sober accounts on Instagram. There are not as many as there are today. Um, for probably a year or two, I had been following them. And I decided to start posting about my journey, shared that I was in Belfast. A few girls messaged me and said, oh my God, I'm in Belfast too. And we actually arranged to meet up a few different times. I'd say maybe once a month. Um, we would get together probably between five and eight of us would get together and we'd either go for a socially distanced walk or we'd meet in the park. And then when things started opening up again, we went to like a sound bath one day. Um, there were just lots of different activities. And I was finding that it was so helpful during my journey because you can feel, especially in Ireland where there is such a drinking culture, you can feel left out. You can feel like you're the only one who's not drinking. And so it was great to have that little WhatsApp support group in my pocket of girls around me who were going through something very similar that I was going through. There were different levels of journeys um, in the sense that some people had been in treatment and other people who, like yourself, um, have never drank and are just looking to hang out with people who don't drink and do things that don't revolve around alcohol. So there's really that wide range spectrum. And then there's people like myself who really quit drinking as sort of a lifestyle choice as opposed to something in response to hitting rock bottom or something like that um, in an effort to feel better. And so I finished my PhD and then my partner and I moved down to Waterford. Um, and that's when I really noticed that lack of community I felt. And I said, if it's not there, build it. So I decided to start posting on social media probably the end of 2022 about Sober Girls Ireland, which is the organization that I founded, just kind of teasing it a little bit. And then in the beginning of 2023, I started hosting virtual event or virtual and in-person events. So I would do, I still do do that, but I began hosting community calls where we would meet once a week on Zoom or, you know, on the computer and just chat. And also some in-person events as well, which you came along to. We went to go see Barbie. We're having a very fun hike that we're doing at, towards the end of October with the Hike Psych, um, who's amazing. And a few other events too. Um, and it's been more coming up in the pipeline. So I really just created the community that I wanted that didn't exist yet. So to answer your question in a very long-winded way, um, that's why <laughs> Sober Girls Ireland is what it is today. I think it was it's very beneficial for every girl because if they want to uh, finish with drinking, then like it's really very good that there is some kind of support. You didn't have this support and you were strong enough to found uh, Sober Girls Island and, you know, to create a community for other girls. So now they can rely on you or they can search for help. And when you were meeting all of those girls from the beginning or even now, what's the struggles that they have to cope with? Um, so I want to first say that 
whenever I quit drinking, I gained a lot of self-confidence in myself. I feel like my attempts and failures at taking that break really took a hit on my self-esteem and my self-confidence. And so after quitting drinking, I did experience this boost in self-confidence, this trust in myself. I follow through and I do things that I say that I'm going to do. And before I quit drinking, I never would have set up an organization, meeting strangers, putting myself out there in this way. And so I think it was almost like that brazen confidence that I was like newly brushed with that allowed me to do this because I kind of did it before even thinking about it. I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to start this. And then it was like, oh my God, I'm actually doing this and people are coming and it's a real thing. But to answer your question, some of the things that, you know, whenever we meet up together, it's rarely alcohol that we're talking about. And I find that so interesting um, because it almost, in being someone who is also alcohol free, you're kind of disarmed in a conversation meeting a new person because you're meeting each other on that level where you're really trying to do something to better your health. And I think that that's kind of the overall vibe that we get from our gatherings and our meetups and our community calls and even just on the Instagram. It's just showcasing how you can live a very fulfilling and fun life without alcohol or even just by cutting down alcohol. And I think that that's what everyone's really excited about when we get together. We always share, you know, how grateful we are we're not experiencing hangovers anymore and the hobbies that we're interested in and things we like to do and what we like to watch and what we like to read and what we, you know, all of these amazing things that we've brought into our life now that we have um, removed alcohol from it. So I think that that's kind of the vibe that everyone gets whenever we're together. They are happy that there is finally someone who like they can meet with. Like that was the same reason why I reached out to you and we went together for Barbie to the cinema because I don't drink at all. And I was just so happy that I can meet someone who is like like-minded and we won't be talking about drinking because like I have like no experience with drinking like or like really small experience with drinking. So I was just happy. You know, that I can meet someone like you and do something else than going to the pub because like I can, I just wouldn't be able to be there, you know? And I think if we remove alcohol from the equation, like we obviously do have to find other ways to connect because that is the primary way. Like before I did quit drinking, the only time I saw my friends was when I, when we were going out and drinking, we would go, we would pre-drink somewhere. We would go out to a pub, we'd probably end up back at somebody's house, you know, just that kind of thing. And obviously that doesn't pair well with getting up early the next day and going for a hike and going for a swim or doing whatever. So the rest of the weekend was pretty much a washout. If I did hang out with my friends, I'd need to like recover for a few days afterwards. And so it's so nice that there's now, I mean, I'm not sure about your experience, but I see so many events popping up online, like wellness retreats and you know, workshops and hikes and sea swims and all these amazing things that indirectly you're going to be alcohol free and doing those things. And the primary focus isn't alcohol. And it's amazing to see those to start popping up around Ireland. Exactly, because like they don't feel lonely anymore if I, if they want to go on this journey of being sober and quit alcohol, because it can be lonely journey, I think. Yeah. And there are so many 
amazing online supportive communities as well, like Facebook groups, apps, podcasts. Like that was a big part for my of my journey was um, hearing other people's stories on podcasts. And primarily those were in the US or in the UK. Very rarely would I come across somebody from Ireland who um, was going on these podcasts and speaking about their experience. So until that caught up to Ire to Ireland, um, it was nice to be able to have those stories and read people's experiences and feel less alone in that way. But then at the same time, you don't want to spend your life sitting at a computer trying to connect with people. It's great to get out and meet people who, you know, share the same values as you, life goals and health goals of removing alcohol, quitting or taking a break. So it's amazing to have these spaces popping up for everyone. Yeah, definitely. Can we go back uh, to your journey of um, alcohol, quitting alcohol and have you felt before? Did you notice any changes since you quit the alcohol in relation to your self-love? Yeah, basically I had no self-care, no self-love really. It was more self-loathing before I quit drinking. Um, I would have zero morning routine. I would wake up five minutes before I had to leave for work. There was no thought about breakfast until 11 o'clock or so in the afternoon or in the 12 o'clock in the afternoon. And that would usually just be like a sandwich from the deli, no real thought, just whatever's quick. And then it was just make it through work and scroll on my phone in the evenings, binge watch something on Netflix. Usually eating something unhealthy for dinner is kind of like an emotional escape to just like comfort eat, emotional eating. And um, just try to buffer my way through until I could get to the weekend where I could finally hang out with my friends and relax and unwind. And so when that eventually, that relaxing and unwinding, the drinking at the weekend began to have negative effects that carried through till a few days through the next week, that's when I really noticed that I had to start making some changes. But it's it was so hard to actually make any real progress or change to my dialogue, self-dialogue and to my self-care while I still had alcohol in my life. And so that period of time... Um, I look back on it and I feel very sad almost. Um, I had really been struggling to manage my emotions and I was using things like alcohol and food to cope with my emotions and cope with all of the mean things that I was telling myself in my head. And despite studying psychology for, you know, 10 years, my background is in psychology, I never realized that the tools that we have learned through clinical research and clinical psychology, that those tools can actually be used for people who are functioning, who are, you know, not um, being clinically treated, things like changing the way that you're thinking and, you know, learning how to process emotions and, and different tools like that, that I learned through life coaching and different podcasts and different self-help books that I were, was reading. And so whenever I quit drinking for the last time, it was really fueled by that self-love. And I remember looking at myself in the mirror. It was the, it was the day that I quit drinking, but I didn't know it was going to be the day that I quit drinking. And I looked in the mirror and I asked myself, like, what are you doing to yourself? But instead of being asking that in a mean way, I was really asking it in a self-compassionate way. Like, what are you doing to yourself? Come on, like, we need to figure this out. And it was very like this supportive voice that I hadn't heard for so long. And I think then and there, I realized that it's difficult either way. Like it's difficult to be the person who's not drinking, to be the person who has to deal with cravings and sometimes feeling like you're missing out and learning how to form this new identity without alcohol. 
but it was also going to be very difficult to stay where I was in the cycle that I was in because I was so unhappy. And I think that self-love is really being willing to do, being willing to experience the discomfort, the uncomfortable feelings needed to push push yourself where you really want to go. And I think that that's really what sobriety was for me. Like it was very difficult for me in the early days. I'm not going to sit here and lie and say it was very easy. Like there were definitely cravings and different mental, emotional things that I had to work through. I'm still working through. Um, I don't have cravings on a day-to-day basis, but I'm still figuring out who I am, right? Because for 10 years or so, I was using alcohol to kind of mask that and mask those uncomfortable feelings. And so after taking alcohol out of the equation, I was just left with me and who I am, what do I really want, and asking myself a lot of clarifying questions like that, that you're just brought with whenever you make a big lifestyle change like that. And so that led me to make changes in my career, changes in my health and fitness. I lost 20 pounds whenever I quit drinking that year because I realized I had put on uh, some weight from not only drinking, but also the emotional eating that I was doing during the week to kind of, because I didn't trust myself to drink during the week. So I would overeat during the week and then overeat (laughs) or overdrink at the weekends. So yeah, it it looks a lot different now. So I'd love to tell you about what it looks like now compared to what it looked like then. Um, If you have any questions or just stop me because I can just go. (laughs) No, that was, that was actually exactly the question in my mind that like how it looks how it looks like now, you know, when you when you are sober, when you don't have to deal with hangover in the morning on Saturday, like what possibilities it opened up for you? Yeah, I think it's I mean, it's completely changed everything. My sobriety journey was kind of the beginning of my self-development journey. I think that is the case for a lot of people. A lot of people who change their relationship with alcohol tend to want to take the next step and improve the next thing in their life. Like, what's the next thing that I can improve now that I've gotten the clarity of removing alcohol? And there had been things that I wanted to improve for a very long time in my life that alcohol is kind of a barrier keeping me from getting there and actually making those changes. And so... Some of the ways that I take care of myself now, obviously, is not drinking, but also, you know, having a morning routine, waking up, not just jumping straight into work because that makes my skin crawl. I could never do that. Like I need now, I now I now need like to get up and have my coffee and spend time with my dog and do my journaling. Sometimes I'll watch something motivational on YouTube. Sometimes I'll read. Um and always just taking a few minutes for myself to kind of check in and then I'll usually go for a walk and I walk every single day and walking was a huge part of my sobriety journey I especially because I quit drinking during the pandemic there wasn't really anything else to do but I really found that it was a great way to get outside spend time it's almost like you can meditate when you're walking and get outside, get the fresh air, listen to audiobooks, learn, listen to podcasts, laugh, call a friend, all of those things. So walking is a huge thing that I do now to support my mental health as well. And is there something else what helped you? Because I looked at your Instagram and I went through the stories when I was like preparing for this interview and I could see that you were talking about journaling over there, that it was also part of your sobriety journey how did it help you 
Um, journaling is a great way for me to, to track progress, I think, as well, to track my thoughts. I've always considered myself a writer, um, and there's a little announcement coming at the end of October, so I'll just tease that for anyone interested. Check out our page at Sober Girls Ireland, but anyway. Um, I've always considered myself a writer. I've loved writing. Besides writing that thesis there, I had to take a break after that. But um, I had always loved keeping a diary and journaling just to be able to look back and see and track my moods as well. And my dad actually gave me a journal back in 2019. And ever since then, because I kind of fell out of touch with it through college and different things, but back, but in 2019, I started doing it every day again. And I noticed that I was able to spot patterns. I was able to coach myself too. Journaling is a great way to be able to coach yourself, to kind of dump out all of your thoughts onto the page and see what your brain is offering you and then make decisions as to whether you want to carry those thoughts throughout your day with you. And I really found that it was a great reflection tool for me to look back over my relationship with alcohol, my relationships in general, my relationship with myself, and um, the page doesn't lie. And it's a place where you can be honest and you can really, you know, sometimes I'll do so many different exercises. Like sometimes I'll write everything down on a page and throw it away or rip it up or whatever. Because sometimes you just need to get things out of your brain. Like it's such a versatile tool and something that's desperately underrated, I think, in the mental health space. Did you put all your thoughts on the paper and it's basic, they are not there anymore. And it's very, I think, refreshing, or at least for me, when I put everything, what's bothering me and what's very tough on me, I put on the paper. It's just like, suddenly I feel lighter, you know? Yes, it's like wiping the slate clean and fresh. Definitely, yes, exactly. I find that too. If there is someone, if there is a woman who would like to quit with alcohol right now, and she's watching this video and she's like, oh, I really want to quit, but I'm afraid that I would miss uh, the parties and I would, and my friends wouldn't support me. And it's like, uh, there is like a lot of fears involved, I presume, with quitting mm -hmm. the alcohol. What would you advise her to do first? I think our, well, I know that our brain has a bias towards negative thinking. We will always try to figure out what's going to go wrong. It's a protection mechanism. Our brain is always looking out for threats. So your brain is always going to offer you all the reasons why it's going to be very scary to quit drinking. And that's normal. So I just want to normalize that for anyone who's experiencing that. Like those fears, everyone experiences those. Like, what are my friends going to think? What are my family going to think? What am I going to do? Am I going to go to parties still? Because there's a lot of uncertainty there and our brain doesn't like that. So I would just normalize that first and foremost. But also, I would encourage you to take things one day at a time. We have this need to have every single thing figured out. And a tool that was so helpful for me on my sobriety journey was something that is echoed a lot in the sobriety community and the, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous community as well is one day at a time. I actually, for my one year sober anniversary, I got a little bracelet. I took it off recently, but it just said O-D-A-A-T, like one day at a time. And it's just a helpful reminder that we don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow. So let that <laughs> be tomorrow's problem, right? And if you can just make it through one day at a time, that's all we have, that's all you ever need to worry about. And um, the next thing I would say is to get yourself connected into a sober community online. It's a very, you know, 
there's a low threshold, like you don't need to buy, you don't need to make any purchases, you can have an anonymous profile, you can lurk, I definitely lurked for a very long time. But just familiarize yourself with other people's stories and in doing that you're going to feel less alone and all of those fears that you just listed um, are going to be addressed because that's what people talk about online. They talk about, oh, I went to a party and this is how I handled it. Or if you're a sobriety coach, you're following a sobriety coach, they're going to be posting helpful tips on how to say no. If someone asks you if you want something to drink and there's so many podcasts as well, I found those super helpful so immersing yourself into that, I think, would be a great step as well. So start with baby steps. Yes. Um, and I presume don't be very harsh on yourself, maybe, you know, and um, yeah. and regarding that WhatsApp group, I know I'm the part of that WhatsApp group. And I know that like girls over there, they they are just so supportive. And they share their stories about um, if they go on a wedding and it's like first time for them when they will be sober on the wedding and how they are scared of something and what's their fears. And then there is another woman who say, oh, I already was on the wedding for the first time and I didn't drink and this was my experience and this is the tips that I was like this is just so supportive you know and yeah. it's just for me seeing women supporting other women is just fantastic you know so like I'm really very grateful that even though I don't drink but it for me is just so amazing just to watch these women supporting each other so it's yeah. I'm very grateful that you set up something like this. Yeah, I mean, it's just so needed to be able to have that little tiny support group in your pocket that you can just text and say, hey, I'm about to do this really scary thing. Has anyone else done it? <laughs> and people are always in the sober community. People are so generous with their advice and their tips and sharing their experiences because I think that for a very long time, our journeys with alcohol have been so wrapped up in shame. And as we share our story more and more, that shame kind of lifts away because shame can't exist in silence because if you're ashamed of something, you're not gonna talk about it, right? So the more you talk about it, the more shame that you're lifting from it. I found that for, you know, that's why one of the reasons I kept speaking and I still speak about my journey um, because there was a time where I was like, oh, my God, no one can ever know that I struggle with this or that I'm, you know, dealing with this right now. And now I'm like talking about it on the radio, posting videos on TikTok and Instagram. So it's it's really true. The, the community that we've built over at Sober Girls Ireland is incredible and incredibly supportive. And it's only going to keep growing and keep becoming more supportive and more as more people find out about it. So I'm really excited about the future of it. Yeah, definitely. I'm very grateful that I uh, found out uh, this group, you know, and yeah. Um, yeah, and I will definitely put in the description box all the contacts where they can uh, reach out to you, where they can join the Sober Girls Island on Instagram, where they can reach out to you yeah. as well. And this episode will come out, as I already told you, 29 of October. And you said that there is some... Uh, news exciting news about this time so yeah. <laughs> i don't know if it will be already out uh, by the time by this time but um, I'm, I'm planning to um put it out there november 1st so the beginning of november so um it's nothing huge it's literally like i'm not writing a book everyone don't worry <laughs> 
but I'm, I've created a, an amazing opportunity for us to connect in a whole new way as a community. Think of it as like a magazine subscription meets girly group chat, supportive group chat vibes, but also like a blog newsletter kind of thing. It's very exciting. It's a new way for us to connect online and I'm really excited about it. Let's just keep it at that, I think. <laughs> well, if it will be even like a little bit similar to WhatsApp group and this is, yeah. I presume this will be like another level, something yeah. even better and more WhatsApp helpful. Groups. Oh, sorry. I think we delayed. No, I just wanted to say that then it will be amazing, you know, and very helpful. Yeah. And so it's actually being brought about because of, you know, I've been running these WhatsApp groups for six months to a year, like depending on, there's a few different ones and it's getting more and more difficult for me to moderate them, look through them. Obviously there's tons and tons of messages coming in there all of the time. And, um, also, sometimes I feel like WhatsApp groups can be a bit, bit invasive, like you don't sometimes want someone pinging about their new, you know, um, sobriety journey if you're at work or something, you know what I mean? It can be very like, ah, turn that off, like, and sometimes messages can get buried. So what I've created is a new way for people to share, connect, chat, where it'll live somewhere forever. And um, it'll be on your own time, you can go in and you can look around and you can you know, engage in conversations, post, do whatever you want. Um, and then, yeah, so it's going to keep the same familiarity. The WhatsApp groups aren't going anywhere. I'm not going to get rid of them, obviously. But this is just a new extension of Sober Girls Ireland that I'm very excited about. So, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. That's great news. And I'm really, very happy that eventually this will be uh, this video will be out um, just a like, few days before this announcement. So I'm really, very happy. And yeah, thank you very much for uh, being here today and taking your time. And yeah, I'm sure that you will be just like big inspiration for other women out there who would like to quit drinking or pause it for a little while then don't know how to start and they struggle with self-love and self-care and so on so yeah thank you very much for being here thank you katarina thank you thank you and i'll talk to you soon talk to you soon thank you bye bye, -bye.